This is McLean Mannix, and you're listening to Pack Center. What up, Wolfpack Nation? It is the host of Pack Center, Garrett Hirschberg, here with my co-host, Kevin Finkler. Kevin, how's it going? You know, it's going pretty good, Garrett. Um, happy to be on the show again, so thank you for that. We hope you guys are having a good midweek as we are in preparation for Nevada football at Air Force this weekend. But before we get to Air Force, let's talk about this this weekend's game against Toledo. And it was an interesting game to say the least. The score was score was Toledo 63, Nevada 44. And now you might be thinking to yourself, that's a 19-point deficit. But if you take away Toledo's two special teams touchdowns, it's only a five-point game. Yeah, no, it was definitely an interesting game. If you look at it just from a basis level of the 19 points, it seems like it's a larger deficit that we you know, kind of got our butts handed to us. But when you look at the statistic-wise and the breakdown of the quarters, it actually was a lot closer game, especially watching it as well. One thing I really enjoyed from this game is actually, you know, we came out at halftime and actually competed, whereas in the past games we've talked on this show about us, you know, coming out of that second half and just completely dropping the ball. Uh, the third quarter, we tied with them, 14 points, two touchdowns. Uh, the fourth quarter, they did edge us out by, you know, a touchdown, 6-14 to 14 in that fourth quarter. Uh, it Basically, our second and third quarters were phenomenal. They just, you know... It was basically a track meet this game, honestly, who was going to score more points, and it ended up being Toledo, unfortunately. Yeah, and you look at the, those two special teams' uh, touchdowns were clutch for them because it, it truly sparked uh, it sparked their momentum, uh, to say the least. But but it, it actually is good to see Nevada come out against a decent opponent and, off, and the offense shined. 44 points is incredible. Now, Toledo is one of those teams that compete in the MAC each year in and year out. So they're on, they're part of the upper echelon of mid-majors, mid-major football teams. And so for us to compete, 44 points is incredible because you look at what happened against Vanderbilt. It was such a slow start offensively. And then Nevada is just, you, you, we scored, we scored 24 points in the first quarter, in the first half of the game. And then we started, we started the second half with, a uh, a drive that ended up a 45 second drive that ended up in a touchdown. So Nevada was able to capture momentum in the sec going into the second half with a 50 yard field goal that somehow went in from Ramiz Ahmed, uh, and then we took that momentum, scoring three points at the end of the half, and then scored that first drive, which I think is very crucial in football to try to get the momentum back on your side. Oh, yeah. No, momentum is a huge thing when it comes to sports, especially football. If you don't have momentum, it really honestly, it doesn't, it makes talent and skill that less, you know, in impact. Momentum is definitely something that affects the game. And, you know, obviously one of the things that kind of bit us in the butt was that fourth quarter is we didn't have as much momentum as we did. But going into halftime with that field goal kick, we had a, a lot of momentum, momentum, came in on that third quarter, scored in the first drive, like you said. And that's just the momentum that kicked us off and kept us into the game up into the third quarter. And that third quarter, it was anyone's game at that point. We are only down 10 points going into it. So it's or excuse me, 11 points. So it's basically anyone's game at that point. It's just they bested us in the fourth quarter. Um, our offense was great. I mean, Ganji did have an interception, but besides that, 320 yards, one touchdown, you know, it was almost 80%. 
80% in his throwing. It's unbelievable. Through 50 times. That's incredible. That's, you know, NFL numbers right there. It's crazy. Toa had three touchdowns, 170 yards. Dude was kicking it, uh, kicking butt on the ground over there. Receiving, you know, Fosum, 150 yards. That's that's a heck of a day. Our defense did struggle a little bit. I mean, we did make some tackles. You know, Saywell had five tackles. Reed had four. Uh, Saywell had, had that one sack with uh, Brent having the other and Lopez as well. It's just we didn't have too much of a game change with that, whereas, you know, Toledo had that interception and capitalized on that. It's just something we have to have, you know, that little spark, just like they had the two special teams plays that, you know, ended up besting us in the point. You know, without that, it's a five-point game, and that completely changes the game right there. So, yeah, you mentioned those two special teams touchdowns. Here's what Coach Norvell had to say about the uh the lack of special teams. Uh, but it comes back to doing the things you have to do to win the game and was just disappointed in our miscues on special teams, you know. And I told the kids today, whenever you get a punt blocked and, you know, we had a second one partially blocked, the odds are you don't win the game. So that kind of a uh, miscue and then having a kickoff return, run back. It's just so difficult to overcome those types of mistakes, especially on the road. Now, looking at it, it granted, it, it was the the deficit was 19, but I think one of the issues was stopping quarterback uh, got, got a genie or however you pronounce his name. Uh, he was able to carve up the defense not only through the air as he threw for 211 and four touchdowns, but on the ground, he had 15 rushes for 131 yards and two touchdowns. Granted, on out of those 15 carries for uh, the quarterback, he only had two of them were designed runs. So I think Nevada coming into this week against Air Force has to uh, strengthen up their rush defense. Their rush defense did not look very good, and it was very frustrating seeing uh, the quarterback drop back. And then the defense would get some pressure, but not a lot of pressure so that he would have to step up, and then there would be no one in that second level of the linebacking group to like weight him. So I think even that, even when Nevada tried to spy a few, few of the D linemen, they still were able to, you're still able to get yards and it, and it was frustrating to see. No. Yeah, definitely. It was frustrating looking from a statistical standpoint. He had 131 yards on the ground. This is a quarterback people. This is not, you know, their star running back. I mean, their closest running back had 57 yards. So it's something that should not happen on the defense. I mean, yes, it happens a couple of times, but then you start making adjustments and it shouldn't happen. If after a couple of times what you need to do is as soon as he gets past that first line, you need a linebacker just to light him up, you know, so they're a little bit more scared of actually doing that. You know, they're going to protect their quarterback. I mean, this guy just completely um, completely carved us, like you said. You know, four touchdowns in the air, two touchdowns on the ground, um, 211 yards, and his completion ratio is pretty good. We need to do something different. I mean, they had three receivers with 50-plus yards, 67 from Johnson, 57 from Thompson, and 51 from uh, Tompkins. You know, all you know, 10-plus average, and with one of them having three of those touchdowns, Thompson did. It's kind of it's something that we need to work on. Um, obviously, these were both high-scoring offenses here. 
but this is something we need to definitely work on. It just goes back to like what we talked about is that we every week we show up, we don't know if it's going to be the offense that shines, we don't know if it's going to be the defense that shines. Not saying that the defense completely messed this up. There's only so much they can do when they're playing a high-powered offense like this. But they need to make the crucial stops. They need to make um, some stops that give the offense the ability to get back on them. And like Norvell was talking about with the special teams, they need to work on that as well. That's something that should not be happening. Maybe it happens once every couple of games. But for two scores from the special teams in a single game is something that does not need to be happening. I'm guaranteeing at practice this week they are working on their special teams and working on actually making plays in that area of the game. Yeah, and you mentioned the offense. Uh, one of the key key members was uh, Toa Tawa. Uh, 8-15 carries, 170 yards, three touchdowns, including a – very big 66-yard touchdown run. Now, he was just one of the many freshmen who stepped up in this game. And listen to what Coach Norvell had to say about impact freshmen. Really, we have about six freshmen on offense that are going to play as true freshmen and about five on defense that are going to play as true freshmen this year. And, and that, that may grow as we move forward. We're really starting three freshmen on offense, true freshmen. Uh, Romeo Dubs is really – earned a, an opportunity to be a starter just by the way he's practiced the way Toa's playing um, you know he didn't play the first snap but he's basically a starter you know rushing for you know uh, uh, over 150 yards in a game and then uh, you know Aaron Frost uh, is a guy who was a defensive tackle last week Tuesday we moved him Wednesday to offensive tackle he played in the in, in the game uh, against Oregon State and then started this week uh, at right tackle. So we got a lot of young kids that are responding and getting better, and um, they're going to be important to us as we move through conference. So. Now, I think it's interesting that Nevada does have some key key freshmen in some key positions. Like you look at Totawa uh, at running back, you have uh, Romeo Dubs at receiver, and I think it's interesting that we saw this a lot last year with McLean Mannix. You get you get these guys in early, and then you can have them develop. Like we saw McLean Mannix come, burst on the scene last year, and was an was an impact player. And I think we're starting to see this with Toa. He's starting to move up and up the depth chart of running backs. Like no. he, he started out as I think three or four, uh, three or four uh, week one behind Kincaid and uh, Kelton Moore. But now I think he's starting to move up. And I think he might even start next week. Um, Coach Coach hasn't released the official depth chart yet for uh, Air Force. But I, th- I think it's interesting to see like how, how much of an impact he has he's having on this team. No, yeah, he's definitely having a great impact on our team. And we're thankful, the fans, Toa, if you're listening, thank you, man, for just – kicking it on the ground um you're making tons of strides um it's great to see this kid you know like you said he was third or fourth at the beginning of the season and now they're talking about even starting him that's amazing as a freshman that's incredible this guy is definitely earning his spot um he's putting up the numbers like i said again 170 yards 11.3 average per uh, per carry three touchdowns this guy is putting up all the work uh he's probably in practice day in and day out trying to get better trying to get stronger in the weight room trying to you know get that extra strive on the two guys he's competing against more and um Kincaid it's 
and he's also working to play. So he's working to make strides against these other uh, defenses we're playing against. Um, and he is a godsend right now. Uh, we're thankful for him. Um, I'm just excited to see where he ends up at the end of the season if he's making strides like this and what he does next season if he's a full-time starter day in, day out. Um, it's really cool to see. It's, you know, sometimes that underdog story that we always love to see in sports is coming back from behind third or fourth in the depth chart to coming up all the way to possibly starting, which is incredible. So we say good luck to this kid. And uh, definitely more in Kincaid. You got some competition, guys, and competition's always great. It gets the best out of people. So, you know, let's all step up here a little bit. Now, with that being said, Nevada ends their non-conference schedule with a 2-2 two and two record, which I think is better than what they expected. It was tough. You know, if they were trying to make a bowl game, uh, they'd, ha- they'd have to beat Oregon State, which they did. And I think we both projected them to be 2-2 two and two, uh, at, the, at this point in the season when we did our pre- preseason prediction- predictions uh, earlier in the semester. But with that being said, now comes the fun part. The wild, wild Mountain West Conference, which features some really good teams and some really bad teams. Here's what Coach Norvell had to say about the crazy Mountain West. You know, I I told our players um, and coaches, uh, you know, we're going to have to play these wild kind of games and and win, find a way to win. And, you know, sometimes that's just getting off the field one more time on defense. Sometimes that's just getting a tip and getting a turnover. Or maybe it's taking advantage offensively and making a big play. You know, the, the, the reality is, you know, when you play a, a team like Air Force, they, they possess the ball about 38 minutes against everybody they play. And so for us, the challenge is to be balanced and, and to keep the ball. And they, if, if they don't have it, they can't score. And so we're, we're going to have to do a good job of that and then being efficient with our drives. Uh, you know, the reality is we need to score over half of our possessions. And uh, and that's the way it's going to be all through this conference. You know, I think we have four or five teams in the league that are averaging 40 points a game. Now, looking ahead at our first conference game, we face Air Force. Now, Air Force is a unique team in, in the Mountain West because they do run the triple option. And I think especially based off our performance last week against Toledo with uh, Guadagini, or got a genie. Uh, I I feel like Air Force's quarterback might run for 300 yards. I don't I don't know. It, it's going to be an interesting game to say the least. Uh, Nevada Nevada did struggle to stop the run last year when the Air Force came to Reno for homecoming last year. It was a three point game. Uh, Air Force won on a last second field goal. But I think some I think Nevada uh, can focus all their attention this week during practice and stop the run. No, yeah, I can definitely see it. If um, coming off last week, you know, we just got outran by their quarterback again, um, I don't think we're going to have that happen. I um, have complete faith in Norvell that that's something they're going to be stressing this week because Air Force's quarterback, Sanders, definitely is a dual threat, you know, ground and air. Last week he rushed for 58 yards, had a touchdown through the ground, and uh, passed for 125 yards in the air. So he's more of that run-style quarterback um, you know, that we're seeing now nowadays, you know, look at the Cam Newtons and the Kaepernicks of old, you know. So it's definitely something that they're probably going to be working on in practice this week. 
Uh, they're probably going to be working on uh, defensively as, wa- as well um, to stop that. They need to not only, as we talked about, their line. Our line is fine right now. We're giving them pressure. We need to give them, keep giving them more. But there needs to be somebody in that second line, you know, that linebacking core right there that needs to stay there and, you know, basically quarterback watch the whole time and, you know, prevent that. I think I think yeah you mentioned the defense I think uh big players who are going to have a big impact this week are uh Gabriel Sewell uh Lucas uh Lucas Weber the two main linebackers Malik Reed I think these are guys who need to stop the run because most of the time most of the time we see Air Force pass the ball or run the ball I mean and the triple option is such a such an interesting thing to stop because with the triple option you know, there's three players who can take the ball at, like who the quarterback makes a decision. Do you give it to running back one or do you pitch it to running back two? So I think it, it all depends on the quarterback. And to be able to run the triple option effectively, you have to be a smart quarterback and see what the defense is giving you. So that's why I think Nevada and uh, Jeff Castillo are going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how they disguise coverages, uh, disguise blitzes, so that the court, uh, Isaiah Sanders, their quarterback, thinks one thing, but then they throw him a curveball – and they blitz someone on the other side, and it's not expecting. I think it's going to be definitely interesting to see how the offense responds because Air Force, Air Force offense or defense is going to want to be physical with is going to be physical, and it's going to be interesting to see how the offensive line will handle this. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Toa is going to have another great game, I believe. Uh, this kid just keeps tearing it up. Our offensive line just needs to keep doing what they're doing and give, you know, um, Ganji the protection to be able to throw that ball as well as uh, give him some time to get out of the pocket and run as well. Um, you know, we can play two at this game, you know, type scenario where Sanders is going to run, probably running the ball a lot. We'll probably take a couple plays from <laughs> what um, what Toledo just did to us um, and run the ball a little bit with Ganji. And so is probably going to have another great game. I can predict it. Um, like you said, with the defense, those linebackers you mentioned, they're going to have a good game as well, stepping up and making some key tackles, maybe um, getting behind the line as well and blitzing. So we'll have to see. Um, I have full faith right now that this is something we'll be stressing on in practice, Norvell will be, and uh, hopefully when it comes game time that we'll be ready. Yeah, and I think Norvell knows what to expect uh, because last year – Based Air Force, uh, but one one quick statistical note to uh, go to wrap up before we go um, is that uh, Air Force averages about four yards a carry, which which is good because it's pretty good because four yards a carry, which means if you run the ball three times for four yards, you pick up a first down. So I think Nevada is going to need to limit that number, try to try to make some stops in the backfield. And this game is on Saturday. This is this is a one o'clock kickoff on ESPN News. Uh, you can catch uh, Nevada travels to Colorado Springs to face the Air Force Falcons. Now, some notes, uh, some quick other football notes before we head into a break is that game time for the October sixth kickoff against Fresno State has been announced. It is a seven thirty kickoff. And you might be thinking, okay, it's a night game in Mackey. But this is also conflicting with another event happening uh, in the southern part of the state, as this is the same night as the Conor McGregor-Khabib fight. 
And so I think that might affect a student's decision to go to the game to either watch the super fight or, or go support the Wolfpack. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to um, affect that a little bit. Obviously, it's going to be later in the season as well. It's going to be colder. So that's going to affect it as well. Hopefully at that point, you know, we've um, started winning, a, having a winning streak. And this this is just this is two weeks from now. This is two weeks from now. So if we come into this Air Force game, we actually compete and we actually pick up the W, it'll help us a lot um, motivate fans to come out against this game. Um, but, yeah, that could be fight. McGregor fight is probably going to affect it a little bit. I can imagine some people are going to be on their phones in the stands watching it. Um, hopefully a lot of people do that because, you know, support both of them at the same time. But um, that's something that we do have to factor in is probably a lot of people are going to stay home and watch that fight. But I would, but I would think more people would stay home and watch both rather than go to the Nevada game and then watch the fight on their phone. I just think because this is is it's in this time where we're transitioning into fall, so we don't know how the weather is going to be. Yeah, no, definitely that's going to be another factor. I mean, it for all we know in two weeks, it's still going to be eighty degrees and it's going to be really nice. I mean, this upcoming week we're going to be touching the nineties, so it's at that pivotal point where we're almost getting cooler but at the same time summer's still trying to get that last grasp you know before the actual winter sets in um so it'll be interesting to see in two weeks where we're at it could be 80 degrees and nice or it could be 60 degrees and cold so we'll have to see and wait all right one last thing is let's give our predictions for this air force game air force is six and a half point favorites what are your predictions? If I'm being real with you, Garrett, and that's what we try to do on the show is try to be honest and completely unbiased, but, you know, we still have a little bit. Um, I'm going to have to give it to Air Force. I don't think um, we'll make all the necessary adjustments. I keep saying every week, this is the game. We're going to make the necessary adjustments, and it it just doesn't seem to be happening. Um, I think they're probably going to end just out. I don't think it's going to be a six-point game. I think they're going to um, break our hearts again with a last-minute field goal. See, I'm I'm the other way. I think Nevada. Uh, I think Nevada wins. I think Nevada wins 38-35. Uh, if I'm wrong on the score, don't quote us. Uh, but I do think Nevada is gonna. This is like a vengeance. They're coming off a game that they competed in. It was tough for them. It was close for the most part. But I think Nevada just needs to get over that edge. And I think that's what I think that's uh, what they're gonna do here. They'll start their conference schedule one and zero. And uh, they'll be they'll come back from Colorado uh, happy. Yeah, and I hope you're completely right, Garrett. I really do. So we'll just have to wait and see this weekend. Um, definitely, if you're in town and you have the time, please go to the game. Let's fill Mackey and let's get those. This game's in Colorado. Yeah, sorry, that's a that's a brain fart on my bad. Um, go fill the go fill the wall. Go fill Archie's. You know, go fill you know whatever bar you want to go to, or go fill your living room. You know, go watch the game. Um, and support any way you can. Obviously, it's not going to make a huge difference, but it's going to be a good game, so watch. Remember, this is a 1 o'clock kickoff on ESPN News. And with that being said, we're going to take a quick break and then jump into a special segment. Now, Pirates, guard on your antenna. Yes, yes, yes. Come on and show them what you can do. We are back from break, and now it is that it is starting to become that time of the year. Nevada basketball is almost back. We have to wait 
just a few more months, not even a, just a little bit over a month. Uh, and it was just announced that uh, Nevada basketball, their TV schedule came out and everybody wants Nevada basketball. Pretty much every every game is going to be nationally televised. And looking at the list, you look, they start BYU. They're on CBS Sports, uh, Pacific, ESPN3. They have ESPNU against Little Rock. Naming a few, we have Tulsa on FS1, UMass uh, on FS1. The Loyola Chicago game is on ESPN News. Arizona State's on ESPN2. Uh, when we play Fresno State, that game's either going to be on ESPN2 or ESPNU. Uh, and then looking at you and the uh, Nevada Southern games are going to be on ESPNU when they are uh, at when we travel down there, and then when we when they travel up here, it's going to be the last game of the night year. That game is on CBS Sports Net. Uh, but I think I think it's interesting to see how how Nevada's developed as a program, and now everyone wants wants them on their uh, on their channel. Oh, yeah, definitely. We got so much more exposure now. It's unbelievable. Like you were talking about, all of, I think, maybe one of our games isn't televised. Every single game is televised. It's unbelievable how we went from a couple of years ago to being a mediocre mid-level Mountain West team to the premier Mountain West team right now as it is, as well as possibly being ranked top five and definitely top five, top ten in the nation right now. That's what happens. This is why we're getting the games is because the turnout we had in the tournament last year, everybody knows us as the comeback team, you know, winning those two games in those first two rounds and completely just shocking the nation. And it's great, and it's finally coming to fruition now when we have all these television games. It's going to be great. It's going to be so much exposure for the university, so much exposure for the team. It's going to help in recruitment in the coming years. Um, this will be a tool for Musselman to entice um, incoming freshmen and transfer students to come to our college is the fact of we are going to be televised a lot. We are a team to be recognized and a team not to be messed with. Now, as we... As we mentioned, uh, so as of Monday, September 24th, 2018, 29 of Nevada's 31 regular season games for the 2018-2019 games are nationally nationally televised. The only games that aren't televised, or we haven't announced the TV times were, are for uh, USC and Utah. Granted, we, we sure find these out soon, but that those might be on the Pac-12 network or another another thing. We're just waiting for those. So I think it is interesting. You mentioned the point how we are the com- we were the comeback kings in the tournament, but I think Nevada needs to change that. And I think doing by if we beat the teams we're supposed to be and compete with the teams that are good, especially on national TV, I think it will make Nevada like, shine the, the the Nevada basketball program. Uh, stars shine brighter oh yeah definitely this is definitely um and this is something we got to learn on from last year is we did lose some boneheaded games that we should have easily took care of and i think this is that's what comes with um building as a team especially with us only losing a couple of players to them graduating and retaining you know the martin twins as well as getting jordan brown and keeping caroline it's that's one of the great things is because we can learn from the mistakes that we had last year and we don't lose those boneheaded games and we actually take care of business on the core with those games so we have a better record um, than we did last year. Last year we should have had an incredible record and possibly be uh, you know, a 
top 10 seed in the tournament. Let's call it that. Um, it's it's great to see that we're going to be nationally televised. We're going to actually be able to show the nation what we got and show them what we did in the season last year was not a fluke. And what we did in the tournament wasn't a fluke either. We're somebody to be messed with. The Martin Twins are a duo that will go down in Nevada basketball history is one probably one of the greatest I mean we don't have many twins that have ever played for us but they will be probably marked down as two of the greatest um, Nevada basketball players to come out of it um, I'm glad that they stayed for their senior year as well as Caroline Caroline is an amazing player made the correct decision in staying even before the Martin twins decided it's gonna be great to have all three of them um, graduate from this university um, hopefully get their jerseys retired. That's one of the requirements that we've always talked about is you have to graduate from this university, and these three uh, fine gentlemen are going to be doing this. Um, when it comes back to the national schedule, sorry I went off a little track there, but, um, yeah, it's time to show that we're a team that's not going to be, oh, they're going to do it in the last second. No, we're a team that we're going to get it done in the first half, and we're going to just – you know, keep our foot on the gas pedal and never let up until the end of March. I think Nevada has the opportunity to, has the opportunity in this regular season to go have, uh, if, if we're talking 31 games, I think they have the opportunity to go 27 and four, 28 and three. I think Nevada plays, the, plays the right way. If Nevada plays well all year, they'll, they'll be a top five team in the nation all year. We'll start, we'll start out maybe around the six to eight range, depending on, the poll or the place, uh, the place you get your preseason rankings from. But I think Nevada, sh Nevada had a really good last season, last year regular season. They should have beat Wyoming in Wyoming. We should have beat Texas Tech. Uh, we should have beat Nevada Southern when they were up here. And I think Nevada needs, if Nevada plays the right way, we'll, we'll be one of the top teams in the nation. And media members love Nevada because they've. I feel like a lot of people think Nevada can be a dark horse team this year. They go from a team that was really good last year but only had six guys actually play to a team that's really deep and has 10, 11 guys who could all be impact players. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is going to be uh, great for people like you, Garrett, who um, you know cover and write stories on athletics like this, especially the basketball team. This is a great story that's going to go down in Nevada history is how we turn this program around. Musselman turned this program around so terrifically, and it's all on the fact of his expertise of coaching in the NBA and knowing how players work and building a personal connection with them, as well as you know getting them to come over and transfer. I mean, Look at, you know, we stole Jordan Brown from the likes of Arizona. I mean, he came here and decided to play with us. We stole the Martin Twins and had them transfer and kept them here. It's just going It's going to be down to the legacy of Musselman, of the, be able, the ability to turn around this program. And this is something, This is I think this is the very beginning of something great. This is not going to be a two-year thing and you're done and over with. This is going to transform our basketball program here at the university into something that's going to be, you know, the sustainable mid-major teams like Gonzaga and, um, you know, schools like that. So when Musselman took over uh, in 2015... Nevada was god awful. We mentioned this before. They were nine and twenty-two, second worst in the Mountain West. And since he's since Musselman has been here, he's captured eighty-one wins in his first three seasons, and that's 
for, tied for fourth in the nation in college basketball history for most for most wins in the th- first three years of a season. He's only behind Brad Underwood, who was the coach at Stephen F. Austin, who won 89 games, and Brad Stevens, obviously, of Butler, and now he's with the Celtics. He won 89 games. And then Shaka Smart, while he was with VCU, won 84 games. So I think that Nevada, I think Musselman has done an amazing job at turning around this program from a losing culture to now a winning culture. And as we mentioned before, I think with us being on TV for what should be 31 out of 31 games this year, I feel like Nevada, that helps in recruiting as well as word of mouth and looking how we do in the tournament. Yeah, no, definitely. This is, and I just talked about it, and Garrett, you just talked about it, is this all comes down to Musselman. These players are great. The reason why they're here is because of Musselman. You talk to some of these players, and the thing that gets them is the personal connection that Musselman builds with these guys is, you know, he builds almost a father-son relationship with these players and is connected to them on such a deeper level. It's almost a family atmosphere in that locker room. Muscleman is a great guy. He loves his emotions. He shows his excitement. Um, great in the locker room, great on the court, great in front of the mic. He's just an all-around stand-up guy, an all-around stand-up coach. Uh, this is something that's changing the atmosphere here at the university when it comes to athletics is we have something very to be something very to be proud of is this basketball program. I mean, in years past, we've been god-awful in basketball. Um, football has always been struggling um, ever since Kaepernick left. It's kind of been on a downhill slope. This is something that, you know, uh, 10, 15 years down the line, you're going to look at it and be, and, you're, and people are going to go, Musselman was the one that changed it. Musselman is the one that built almost a mid-major powerhouse here at the university. I could see it happening. The only thing I can think of that compares to this is um and this just might be because I'm from Southern Nevada and I know the lore of Danny Tarkane or not Danny Tarkane <laughs> my gosh Jerry Jerry Tarkanian I was thinking of his son I'm sorry folks Jerry Tarkanian Tark the Shark it's something similar to that where he comes in and just completely changes the atmosphere of the program and gets recruitment recruitment is such a huge thing Tarkanian was a great recruiter um the violations Nonetheless, he was a great recruiter and would you mean get paying the, you mean paying players? Hey, I respect the man, okay? Let's not talk trash on the dead guy, okay? Um Darkanian was an amazing recruiter and I see the same thing in Musselman. Obviously, I wasn't around when Darkanian, but watching documentaries, reading about Tarkanian, it's very similar to what Musselman's doing here. And it's it's funny almost the fact that he's doing it in the same state that Tarkanian did. This is basically the Tarkanian era for UNR and the University of Nevada in the Musselman era. Musselman will be in the likes of Tarkanian of what Tarkanian did to UNLV. Obviously, it's a completely different aspect. It was 20, 30 years ago in the time of no TV, but this is something that Musselman is turning this program around and to be able to compete in the NCAA March Madness tournament and be able to compete and go in depth in those rounds. You know, obviously hoping we're hoping for an Elite Eight round this year and hopefully more. I, I think Wolfpack fans have higher aspirations than just Wolf. Uh Elite Eight and Wolfpack fans obviously expect their season to end uh, with a end their season ultimately in a win 
in Minnesota. If you if you get if you catch what I'm saying, but I yes. think I think there's one thing. It is important for coaches and programs to be so social media savvy uh, as Nevada is. Nevada's done a Nevada Wolfpack, uh, Nevada basketball, or at Nevada Hoops, and Coach Muff, Coach Muff have been one of the pioneers for like these social media accounts for college hoops teams, and it's been incredible to see how like how it influences uh, players because like in in the year. 2018 a lot of millennials are on our social media addicts and so it's it's nice to see that Musk has adjusted uh his his approach and how he uses social media to get recruits and whatnot and also he just keeps up with a lot of trends like we all saw last year when Caleb and Cody resigned uh or not resigned but came back they 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 post videos they post uh, videos. Coach Muss and his family post videos all the time re- reacting to big news. Uh, you look at the past NCAA tournament, Mariah Musselman was a huge, huge star for CBS, for the CBS Sports Network family. Uh, they, used, they used her. She was, at, she was at the Final Four. But I think one thing it is, it is, it is cool to see. It is cool to see. Uh, we noticed from our account at Pack Center NV that there is a niche for – Nevada basketball Twitter and it in the Nevada basketball Twitter community is so strong. Uh, if you the, the you know which accounts you are, we all come together when it's game day, when it's the off season, counting down the days till uh, opening till the first tip off of the season, and it's it's great to see this community grow. And as the community grows, so does the attendance grow. And I think Nevada will break its break its break its attendance records this year. Oh, no, definitely. We're going to be breaking attendance. That first game, that first game in Lawler is going to be packed, folks. Um, if you're trying to go to that game, uh, plan probably an hour or two hours plus, even just trying to get through the traffic. Virginia Street is going to be packed all the way back to the dorms. It's going to be unbelievable. You're going to see lines of people walking down the street in Virginia trying to get up to the stadium. Uh, students, you're going to have to get up there early to get your student seats and the best ones. Um it's going to be unbelievable, guys. This is – I'm just giddy with excitement right now thinking about it, folks. If you saw me in studio right here, I'm shaking. I'm almost jumping up and down. I'm so excited. And like you talked about, Garrett, is they have a knack for using social media. The Muscleman family, Wolfpack Hoops, just the athletic department is doing such a great job with marketing on this. It's unbelievable. Garrett, you could, like you said, you can attest to this. You're in that marketing standpoint in a PR job right here, and you understand the great work they're doing, and you talked about it. They're doing amazing work, and this is something that you have to have at a program. You can't be just a dull program. Obviously, there's other things that matter more when it comes to recruiting players. Obviously, the coach does, the record, how much time you're going to get on TV, uh, the type of school you're at. But one of the first things that grabs people's attention is things like, you know, your social media accounts. What are you actually doing? You know, are you being well-known nationwide for viral tweets and things of that nature or for viral things? You know, look at Musselman's daughter, Mariah, just, you know, absolutely making a name for herself and a star out of herself being, you know, the go-to interview for the CBS Sports Network. Um, they have fine reporting right there with Mariah. Mariah is going to have a wonderful life, hopefully, re- reporting for them. Probably already has a job lined up with them right there and then. She's only like seven. Hey, hey, hey. She's got a bright future ahead of herself, okay? 
And that all comes from Musselman and his wife. They're uh, great people. They're a great couple. They and they know media. They, they know, know media. they know how to. They, they really do. Like and Danielle Danielle Musselman, formerly Danielle Sargent, uh, she worked she worked as like uh, she worked in sports broadcasting. So these so Mus and uh, Danielle know what they're doing, and I think. It is great to see. And now, looking at it from their professional side, it is great. Like with Pack Hoops, uh, not it was at Nevada Hoops, uh, and then what? If you don't follow Coach Moss, you should. But here are some other accounts you should follow for all the latest news with basketball. Uh, besides us, Pack at Pack Center NV, we're giving shout out to at Silver and Blue SP, a Silver and Blue Sports. They're uh, they're good. They're a good account at Pack Hoops. And then at 15th in Virginia, 15th in Virginia, it's a really cool Nevada basketball thing. Uh, they do a lot of really cool videos and whatnot. They do countdowns uh, for the season start. And so I, I recommend you guys giving them a follow along with giving us a follow. If you, if you, well, you should be following us. That that should be a thing you guys do. Tell your friends though. Yes. Have tell them you, follow us. Tell, tell your friends to follow us and follow these accounts. Um, we we retweet stuff with them. We interact with them all the time, and it's just it's really cool to see the community grow, because Fifteenth uh, and Virginia was an account started not too long ago, but it's it, they've grown and they've and it's good to see the community accept these accounts and promote them. Oh yeah, definitely, and it's it's just it's a test to you know the culture we are in right now, and you know Musselman and his wife Mariah are you know banking on this the athletic department is just cashing in they're on the right side of this movement right now when it comes to social media it's great to see from a student perspective garrett i'm sure it's great to see from a pr perspective um but from my perspective as a fan and a student it's great to see um it's something to be proud of that you know we have a great presence when it comes to pr and marketing when it comes to our athletics as well as the fact that we actually compete you know we're not a you know, all talk and no bite, you know, type team. No, we talk the talk and we walk the walk, let me tell you here. Yeah, and especially as it's we're counting down the days until basketball season officially starts, be on the lookout to see when actual Nevada exhibition games uh, are going to be because although there are only exhibition games, I feel like we're going to still have great attendance because this is the first time Nevada will get to see Trey Porter, Jazz Johnson, Nizre Zuzwa, Jordan Jordan Brown and a bunch of these other new guys along with seeing the veterans like Caleb Cody, Jordan Caroline come, and and it'll be it'll be a fun time and I do think Nevada will break all of its attendance records. We've already sold out the season tickets. So, I think unlike football, Nevada basketball will, will not struggle with attendance. And you can guarantee that pretty much every game, it doesn't matter whether it's going to be a weekday game, weekend game, midday, mid. I think if they had a morning game on a weekday, it'd still sell out. Oh, yeah, definitely. There'd be people skipping classes. I know. Not skipping classes, but skipping work as well. Skipping work. Yeah, I know. There's people that definitely go, I'm going to the game. I'm going to have to call out sick. I know from a student perspective, I'm probably going to skip my class. I'm just going to tell my professor and be like, hey. Wolfpack basketball, I ain't missing this. You know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing to see. I'm only here for four years as a student to live this up, and I'm so glad that this is happening during my time. Garrett, I know you're on the way out. You're almost out of here. Um, I'm sure it was great for you watching us, you know, go from, you know, a mediocre team to this right now. For me, I'm uh, a we little— weren't, We weren't mediocre. When I, when I was first start, when I was first here, uh, 
we were we were bad. Mediocre is mediocre was good is describing a team that's okay. We were bad. I'm I'm a little bit spoiled over here. I first season, yeah, last year, the first year I'm here, and you know we're going to the Sweet 16 type, you know. So I'm a little bit spoiled. This season we're gonna go even farther. I'm a little bit spoiled, but man, I'm really glad I'm spoiled because this is a great time to be, you know, Wolfpack fan alumni are eating this up. They love it. They love coming back to the campus and watching our team compete like they are. Um, the citizens of Reno, Sparks, and the greater northern Nevada area is happy to see Nevada basketball do so well on the national stage. It's some good um, PR and some good um, outlook for Nevada as a state completely. Nevada sometimes get that gets that misconception of being, you know, this, you know, mediocre state, low-level state, and it's, you know, positive things like this that, you know, take the necessary small steps to eventually build up a reputation as a big, you know, well-known state. And it's, you know, it's just a good thing for the state overall. Um, I'm excited, honestly. And just talking about this, Garrett, I am yeah, so excited. We're, we're glad, we're glad uh, basketball is back just over a month away, November 6th. I'm sure you guys already have it marked on your calendar, but we do. Uh, and if you are... Make sure you guys attend uh, football games because football needs all the support we can get. Um, basketball doesn't start till the 6th, as we mentioned. So make sure you support not only Nevada football, Nevada soccer, Nevada uh, women's volleyball. Make sure to support every every Nevada uh, team. They We all can use the support. And we got to show it together that we are one strong Wolfpack family. And with that being said, we will see you guys next week.